Hi, friends. It's Vin Scully. It's time for Dr. Clapper. In sports, there's winning and losing and getting injured. That's why there's Dr. Clapper. Dr. Clapper is the former head of orthopedic surgery at Cedar sinai The Weekend Warrior Show with Dr. Clapper, presented by Cedar sinai Hey, Dr. Clapper. How are you? Saturday mornings from 7 to 9. Silence is golden when you can't think of a good answer. <laughs> yes, Doc, I love your show. Now, here he is, Dr. Robert Clapper. Good morning, Los Angeles, and welcome to another edition of the Weekend Warrior Show. I'm your host, Dr. Robert Clapper. I'm an orthopedic surgeon at Cedar sinai for 32 years. Wow. Well, I'm back in the operating room where I belong. This week was really terrific. Ten big surgeries. Yesterday, I did a big revision surgery, redoing surgery done over 20 years ago in this man's hip. Particularly challenging because when you have scar, you can't see where the nerve in the artery is because everything looks the same. You actually have to go to areas beyond the incision to see where the natural and normal planes are so that I can see where the nerve should be, where the artery should be, and then back my way into the scar and almost see through the mass and go, yep, that must be where the nerve is. It took me 45 minutes in my first case yesterday just to expose the joint that usually I can do in five minutes. Can you imagine 45 minutes just to tediously shell out what the normal anatomy is. Someone told me a long time ago, he was a fantastic cancer surgeon, John Healy. He said, Clapper, in surgery, there's a time to go fast and there's a time to go slow. These are the big cases, big hip surgeries that I do. And today's topic is gonna be about big, big in sports, big in surgery and big in art. I'm so excited because my guest calling in from Hawaii is the coach of the biggest wave rider in the world. He won the championship last last year and his name is Kai Lenny. This 28 year old Hawaiian kid is something to behold. And he's coached by my guest at 815, Doug Silva. He rode a wave in Portugal, in Nazareth, that they document is 70 feet high. But the thing about Kai Lenny is if you watch him ride this wave, which you can on YouTube, he's pretending he's on a skateboard, doing tricks on a wave that easily could kill him. He's fearless. But when a wave, when a surgery, When art is big, something really special happens. There is a special power in that massive size. I hope you all get the chance one day to go to Italy and stand in front of Michelangelo's sculpture of the David. It's over 17 feet tall. 
And it's the sculpture of a young shepherd, a young boy, David, holding his slingshot. You, the little person, looking up at this massive, incredible piece of art, something different happens because of the sheer size of the sculpture itself. Bigness reminds us how insignificant we really are in the universe. But when men and women see that challenge and harness that power, something special happens. It made me think all week, what am I gonna talk about this week in terms of bigness? When I talk to Doug Silver at 8.15, where else in my world of surgery, of sports and of art, do we find people who could tap into that scary energy, that powerful energy, and make the world a better place. Well, June 14th, 1925, the Hawaiian surfer, Duke Kahanamoku, fearless about big waves, moved to California to make movies. He left Hawaii in 1925. And he's visiting his favorite wave in California, Newport Beach Harbor. He and his two friends are on the beach this is in the middle of the summer, and a massive storm comes. 25-foot waves at Newport Harbor. And they look right outside the harbor on the water in a fishing boat called the Thelma with 17 fishermen on it. They're witnessing this. Gets hit, slammed by a massive 25-foot wave and knocks the fishermen all into the water and capsizes the boat. The men are literally drowning in front of everybody, but no one dares to go into the water for fear of dying themselves. Not Duke Ahanamoku. He grabs his surfboard. Lifeguards didn't know about using a surfboard to save people in those days. Duke Ahanamoku paddles out into that water. I have sound bites of the men he rescued. He rescued eight of the fishermen. 32 years later, you're gonna hear these fishermen thanking Duke for saving their life 32 years later. It's awesome. And in art, there was a painter, committed suicide of course, because he's a genius at 70 years old, named Mark Rothko, who in the 50s discovered if I paint on giant canvases, there is something special that happens between the viewer and the painting. And you're gonna hear Sister Wendy Beckett, my favorite voice of reason in art history, teach us of what Mark Rothko tapped into. I can't wait. I'm so excited for today's show. What a week I had. I was on with Max Kellerman, talking about Dak Prescott and Anthony Davis. Clapper Vision's gonna be about Dak Prescott because he had another surgery on his ankle. And Max Kellerman asked me, so Dr. Clapper, is he gonna be okay? Yes, he's going to be okay. But the big question is, why did he need another surgery on his fractured dislocation of his ankle? Ah, uh, wait till you hear this clapper vision. And it involves a car going into a garage and an earthquake rotating the car in the garage, breaking one wall and bending the beam in the front of the garage. Can't wait to do that one. The clinic will be open. The number is 877-710-ESPN. But let's get right into the sound bites. The sound bites of Duke Kahanamoku 
as it relates to riding big waves. But first, I want you to hear Kai Lenny, the surfer, talk about what a big wave means to him. Listen carefully to what he's tapping into as the special power that he can harness that scares the bejesus out of the rest of us. Number one. The best moments in my life have always been in big wave sessions because there's nothing that feels more pure and exciting. The best part is right before I'm about to make it to the bottom and I'm gonna initiate the bottom turn. Usually in that bottom turn, I feel like I have all the control in the world. Here I have the speed of a fighter jet and I also have the imagination of an artist. That's exactly right, Kai Lenny. You're in a fighter jet. You're in a 70-foot wave. That's a 10-story building that can land on your head. And listen to how happy he is to describe this. Number two. It's me and the ocean in the most dynamic moment. You're not scared. You're not nervous. Every pressure in the world is completely gone. It's lifted off of my shoulders. There's some sort of tribal instinct that comes out and it just feels pure. And finding harmony in that moment feels like true freedom. Wow. Duke Hanamoku, he was in five Olympics as a swimmer and water polo player. Nobody ever did this before. Bruce Brown, my good friend, May he rest in peace, who made the movie The Endless Summer. Interviewed Duke Hanamoku three years before he died in 1965 for the first surfing contest held in Hawaii in Duke's name. And Bruce Brown asked Duke Hanamoku, was it the Olympic medals that you favored the most in your life, Duke? Or was it riding gigantic waves? You rode a wave for a mile and an eighth. Which one was a bigger thrill? Listen to Duke Kahanamoku give his answer. Number three. Duke, it's a real honor to be here on your island for this Invitational Surfing Championship. Well, Bruce, I'm glad you came to Hawaii. For those of you who may not know all about Duke, back in 1911, he jumped in the Honolulu Harbor, swam a 100-yard freestyle, and broke the existing world's record by four and a half seconds. He went on to compete in four Olympic Games, spanning a period of... 20 years, won many gold medals. I've always been curious, Duke, was it more of a thrill for you to win those Olympic Games or ride some of those giant waves at Castle Surf? I know you used to ride. Number four. Oh, they're pretty, uh, both are quite thrilled, but I think this surfing is much more to me. The greatest thrill of my life is ride one of these big surf with the heavy board weighs about 114 pounds and about 16 feet long. There's a story of Duke riding a wave at Waikiki one day for a mile and an eighth. It's a legend over here in Hawaii, and so is the Duke. By the way, he was in five Olympics because one of them he entered as a water polo player. So listen to this soundbite. This is, there was a TV show in the 50s called This Is Your Life with Ralph Edwards. Well, they did one in 1956, 32 years after Duke does this rescue that you're going to hear about. And Duke Hanamoku gets to meet these men that he saved. And listen to what these men will say to them. But let me set it up. Let's get into the show in 1956 where Duke Hanamoku is being honored. Number five. Well, sir, you return from the 
the Paris Olympics in 1924 and lived for a while in Los Angeles. You appear in several motion pictures, right, Duke? That's right. One day, June 14th, 1925, you're surfing at Newport Beach, California, when a fishing boat, the Thelma, capsizes offshore under the battering of 25-foot waves. I was with Duke when we saw the boat capsize. There were 17 persons aboard the boat. Number six. What did Duke do when he saw the boat, uh, boat turn over, Tom? <laughs> well, the waves were so high that it was practically impossible to get through the surf uh, and reach the people who were in the water. But after many, many attempts, Bud finally did manage to get through the breakers and race out to those survivors on his surfboard. Yeah. Three times, uh, Duke came back from the wreck to the shore, and each time he brought survivors. Of the 17 people aboard the Thelma, five lost their lives, and you alone, Duke, Kahana, Moku, were responsible for saving the lives of eight of the remaining survivors. Number seven. 1928, Amsterdam, Holland. At 38, for the fourth time, you're again a member of the Olympic team. 1932, you are 42 years old. When you uh, fail to qualify for the swimming team, all Hawaii and all the United States are heartbroken. But you're a member of the United States water polo team, the only United States swimmer to have participated in five Olympic games and to have set these world's records, 50-yard freestyle in 22 and 6 tenths seconds, 100-yard freestyle in 53 seconds, and 100-meter freestyle in 60 seconds. He's a true hero, but now you're going to hear the special part. Now he introduces the men that he saved 32 years beforehand. Oh, this is awesome. Number eight. But let's go back to June 14, 1925, the day the Thelma capsized. Here are three of the men you actually saved that fateful day and whom you haven't seen since. From Riverside, California, here is Fred Hawk. And Harry Olin and Edward Steed from Colton, California. Number nine. Mr. Steed, you must have thought it was all over when those waves came crashing down on you, sir. Hadn't have saved me, I'd still oh, be there. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> and so I was to bring Mr. You Olin, <laughs> you get right up there and talk to Duke, too. I know you want to tell him something. Duke, I haven't seen you since you put me on the beach That's at Balboa. Yeah. And uh, you left me there, and we were in a hurry to get back to the boat to make a rescue of the other ones on the boat, which you did a marvelous job of. Thank you. And I have waited 32 years to thank you tonight. A long time, but it's wonderful. <laughs> it's a long time, but it's wonderful. <laughs> and finally, listen to this man. These are old men. They got to be old because of Duke's heroics, because of his fearlessness of the power in those big waves. He ain't afraid of nothing. But listen to this man say, I just want to thank you for saving my life. Number 10. It's been a long time since I've seen you. The little banquet at Los Angeles in honor of the rescue work you did at the beach was the last place I saw you. And I want to thank you again for the rescuing me and saving my life. It's wonderful. It'd be good to sweet little banquet, he calls it, and all Los Angeles turned out for that. That's for sure, right, Fred? And of course, all Hawaii wanted to reward you, too, for your heroism, and they presented you with a gold medal. At the recent Melbourne Olympic Games, a thrill went over the crowd every time they saw you. 
If a shining example of a true sportsman lives anywhere in the world, it lives in your heart. Hmm. He lived the life of aloha. To just do good for goodness sake. I memorized something in Hebrew a long time ago. In a place where there are no people, you should still be a person. That's Dukahanamoku. That's the spirit of Aloha. But it's due to his incredible ability to look at a massive wave and use that power, just like Kai Lenny. At 8.15, we're going to hear from his coach of how these guys are able to do it. But what about the world of art? Coming up next, wait till you hear what bigness and the power of being big means in the world of art for one painter named Mark Rothko, who revolutionized the world of art. You're listening to the one and only Weekend Warriors show here on 710 ESPN. It's good to be king, right, King James? Absolutely. And good to be courtly friends on the Weekend Warrior Facebook page. I love it. Be treated like medical royalty with Clappervision. Clappervision. Feast like a monarch on Doc's delectable finds. There we go. And that far rockaway jester humor. <laughs> Search Weekend Warrior and click on Doc's regal picture. Cool. <laughs> Sound the trumpets. No cortisone, alchemy, or leeches here. Everything's good. Bow, curtsy, like, or follow the Weekend Warrior Facebook page. That makes me happy. Cheers. Hi, it's Greeny. There's no better way to start your Saturday morning than with Dr. Clapper and the Weekend Warrior Show right here on 710. What's going on, L.A.? This is Kobe Bryant. At 42 years old, you know what your new nickname is for me? (laughs) Start your weekend off right, listening to the Weekend Warrior Show with Dr. Clapper. You're not Matthew from Santa Monica anymore. You're Mr. Preop. Every Saturday morning from 7 to 9 a.m. on ESPN, 710, home of your Los Angeles Lakers. Welcome back, Weekend Warriors. You're listening to Talk About Big, Talk About Fearless, Talk About Tapping Into an Energy. This is Miles Davis, So What? The reason Steve Paulette is playing So What from Miles Davis is because it comes from an album that changed the world called Kinda Blue, probably the greatest jazz album ever made. Because it's about a color. Music today will be all about colors because the man who was obsessed with changing the art world and just thinking about color, right? I give you a canvas, give you some brushes and paint. Since man has been on this planet, since cave paintings, you paint nature, you paint what people look like, you paint from what you see. Mark Rothko decided I'm going after energy. I'm going after emotion. I'm going after a religious experience. I'm not interested in painting someone's face, someone's hand, which he's more than capable of doing. I just want to paint color. And I'm going to do it on a gigantic canvas to get an emotion out of you. The bigness of the canvas works in that way. If you go on Twitter, at Dr. Robert Clapper, you'll see one of Rothko's paintings that I put on Twitter. 
so you'll appreciate what I'm talking about. And we have many Rothko paintings here at the Museum of Contemporary Art here in Los Angeles. But my favorite art historian and now analyzer of art, and she has a lisp. I'm sure she was told you should never speak. Who wants to listen to you? She's a nun, Sister Wendy Beckett. She has a speech impediment, but it's just to me, sounds so beautiful when she passionately describes art. May she rest in peace. She was just awesome. So let's listen to Sister Wendy Beckett talk about an artist who realized, like Kai Lenny realizes big waves, like Duke Hanamoku, fearless and enjoyed big waves. Like I enjoy taking care of Wilt Chamberlain because he's so big, was so big. Listen to her talk about Mark Rothko, number one. But American art of the 50s wasn't all wild emotion and frenzy. There was stillness. There was mystical calm. And this is what we get from the third giant of the New York school, Mark Rothko. In Rothko, color is everything. No movement, no figures, often not even a title to stand between you and the paint. Number three. I'm not afraid that you won't think this Mark Rothko beautiful, but what I am afraid, a little, is that somebody might think it's just beautiful. Lovely colors, no meaning. Because meaning was what he was all about, and he would have been furiously angry if anyone thought that and told you so in suitably salty language. Number four. It was subject matter that mattered to him, and the subject matter was the emotions, not small personal emotions, you know, up today, down tomorrow, but the great timeless emotions, how we feel about death and courage and ecstasy. And he was convinced that if you would just encounter his painting, that emotion would be communicated to you with absolute clarity. Mm. And here's the best part. Listen to where she explains how he discovered the power of using a big canvas, big painting and little viewer, and what that does to you, the viewer looking at his paintings. Number five. So to achieve this, he painted very large. Because in a small painting, big you, little painting, you can control it. But with a large painting, it controls you. You're taken into it. Unless, of course, you look at it from a distance. That killing, assessing look. So to combat that, he insisted that always the lights were very dim. So you couldn't actually see the thing until you were right up against it. And then something does begin to happen. Mm. Finally, with Wendy, number six. He painted with very, very thin mists of paint, feathering it on, breathing it on. And you are taken up out of yourself into something greater, something transcendent and majestic. If you could think of a religious painting without religion, this is what you experience here. It's so timeless that when I've had this encounter, I feel to return to the world of time, 
I have to shake my head and bring myself down to earth again. Hmm. She's just overwhelmed by the size of this painting and what it makes it feel in her, these timeless emotions, complicated emotions. Now let's listen to the boss at the museum here in Los Angeles, Philip Verne, talking about Mark Rothko and what he's tapping into. Number one, or number seven. I took Rothko for granted. And it's only, I think, when I came to the United States that I moved from, okay, Rothko is important because it's written in a book, to, oh, Rothko is important because actually when I am in front of a Rothko, I'm in front of something that for me is difficult to describe if I stick to the conventional parameter of painting. Hmm, next. That's what it is, you know, when you look at you know, a line of the, the place where the orange meets the red or, you know, the red meets the blue or something is happening. And that's this vibration. And he still believed somehow that color was a better vehicle for communicating interior states of emotion and feeling and that there could be a kind of universality achieved purely through color. Mm. Here's an artist, Mary Weatherford, talking about there's a truth in, in painting this big with using colors, not trying to tell a story with his art. Number nine. I mean, that's sort of what Rothko's getting at. It's as if, it, it, as if it's existed forever. It's a truth. Musical composition, people can kind of clearly see that there's a, a practice to that. You don't just sit down and express yourself because it's going to turn out like bang, 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 bang. But somehow people think that that can happen with painting. No. Number 10. You know, a piano concerto, there's like, there are 88 keys. There are an infinite number of colors. Rothko is moving around the color wheel. There are these kind of moments where one color will peek out from behind another color and disrupt a whole passage or kind of give some sense of how the color came to be. Number 11. I'm always interested in the edges. The painting's not going to go on forever. That's life is going on forever. Like, the painting is going like, this is me. And what is outside of me? His brushstroke turns the corner. It does not go off. It turns the corner. It's like the edge of the painting is a force field that's pressing on the interior of the painting. When Kai Lenny goes up on the cliff, well, Duke Hanamoku standing at the shore of Newport Beach, looking out on this vast ocean, you can see the blending of the different colors from the white water to the blue to the green. That's what it's like when you look at a Mark Rothko painting, particularly a big one. It draws you in and it forces you to live in the moment. Twelve. They're a little bit greedy, and they, they ask for you to kind of be there with them in order to get something more than, oh, it's a red, red plane of color or it's blue. To do something more than that, I think, takes some real presence. Mm, number 13. I can actually stare at it 
until I empty myself actually feelings, until I am only interested in uh, the color that are in front of me or the um, emotional, psychological space that I am in. And finally, listen to this. This is the artist, Mary Weatherford, talking about the space, the energy between the painting and the viewer. This is what bigness does. It takes you to a different level. I never realized there was a space between a painting and the viewer that someone could capture. Maybe that's what the big wave does. Maybe that's what happens when we look at David 17 feet tall. This is what you feel when bigness is in front of you. When you look at Mount Rushmore, or you look at the pyramids in Egypt. Number 14. In order to see the Rodko, you have to look at the Rodko. And looking means that you need to stop. You need to slow down. You need to let the vibration of the color affect you. You don't do that if you just see the Rodko. It's easy to see a Rodko. It's difficult to look at a Rodko. Like the energy between the viewer and the painting. It's like that, that space, like that space where this thing is happening, it's almost like that's the work of art. That's when Kai Lenny says, when I make that bottom turn at the bottom of this massive wave, I have the power of a fighter jet, but I now become an artist. These are complicated feelings trying to capture in sports, in art, and in my world of surgery. And it makes your life so much more special when you don't just see it, but you look. Ah, I love it. All right, the number is 877-710-ESPN. The clinic will be open. Can't wait to talk to you, the weekend warrior. It's time for some clapper vision. God, what a show, Steve Paulette. You're amazing. You're listening to the one and only Weekend Warrior Show here on 710 ESPN. Check out the Weekend Warrior Facebook Know Your Knee Post One of the most complicated areas of the body ACL, PCL, MCL Patella supplication. Really? Dr. Clapper translates the language of your knee on the Weekend Warrior Facebook page. Simply type in Weekend Warrior in the search bar and click on Doc's picture. Wow! Your knee feels better already. Damn right. Like, follow, and feel better with the Weekend Warrior Facebook page. What's the best medicine? Besides chicken soup, (laughs) vitamin C, (laughs) green tea, (laughs) prunes, shot whiskey, (laughs) not around here. What's the best medicine? I cannot wait. We call it clafter. (laughs) My doctor, Clapper, he don't help either. He told me to run five miles a day for two weeks. I called him up. I said, Doc, I'm 70 miles from my house. (laughs) Clafter. This is Keyshawn in the morning. My man, Dr. Clapper, and the Weekend Warrior Show starts your Saturday morning. Join the doc from 7 to 9 a.m. But don't miss my show. 
Monday morning, 5 to 9 a.m. on 710 ESPN. What's going on, L.A.? This is Kobe Bryant. Magandan Umaga. Start your weekend off right. Listening to the Weekend Warrior Show with Dr. Clapper. Umi Ihi Bang Pashiente Mo. Every Saturday morning from 7 to 9 a.m. on ESPN. 710. Home of your Los Angeles Lakers. Wait a minute. Something going wrong. Someone's on the phone. Three o'clock in the morning. Wow, the Reverend Al Green. Love, love playing this music while I'm in surgery with the great Gene Crawford. Listening to him sing along to Al Green while we're operating. Great memories. We're playing Al Green because his name is Green. And when I think of Green, I think of artist Mark Rothko. Using that big canvas, tapping into that energy between the canvas on the wall and you, the viewer. Who knew that that space was something that he was looking to conquer? That's the space between the surfer looking at the waves and that energy you feel as the ocean calls you to surf and ride the wild surf. Mm. Duke Hanamoku, my hero, the spirit of aloha. All right, the clinic's open. Oh, don't don't let me figure. Speaking about bigness, I need to teach you where you can get the biggest and the best candy bar that I've ever seen. And it, of course, is made of chocolate and almonds. Right? You go and you buy a Hershey bar, a Nestle's Crunch bar, a $100,000 bar, Babe Ruth. I know them all because they've eaten them all. But what about the biggest candy bar? What about a candy bar that literally weighs a pound? You can't put it in your pocket. It's too big. But I'm addicted to this giant dark chocolate and almond candy bar because it's the best because the chocolate comes from Belgium. Greatest chocolate you'll ever put in your mouth comes from Belgium. And this candy bar, which you can get here in LA, is not expensive. But you'll put it in your mouth, you'll close your eyes, and you'll be transported to Hawaii or wherever else you feel is paradise. I'll tell you where that is a little later in the show. But let's open the clinic. My mother's name was Lillian. So it makes me especially excited to talk to anybody named Lillian, who's on the line right now. Lillian, you made my day already because your name is Lillian. How can I help? Hi, good morning. We spoke last week and you told me to give you a call back with the MRI report of my right shoulder. MRI, Lillian, and go to where it says impression. I want you to read it slowly so I can interrupt with Clapper Vision. So let's go. Okay, subchondral degenerative change to the humeral head with no hill sacs deformity. Okay, so the word sub, like a subway, means below. Chondral in Latin means cartilage. Subchondral, something's going on below the cartilage. Here's a clapper vision. When you walk into your kitchen, you walk on the floor, the linoleum, and there's one spot in the kitchen, every time you step 
it squeaks. It makes a little sound. There's a little bit of give in the linoleum. You know why? Because mm -hmm. you got termites in the beams underneath the linoleum. That's what arthritis is all about, where there's damage mm -hmm. to the subchondral bone, that there's damage to the bone below the smooth cartilage. And that is important to know because that speaks to whether this is something that will do well as a surgeon by arthroscoping your shoulder or God forbid, are you gonna need a titanium, an implant in your shoulder? So continue, sentence number two. Mild tenosovitis of the biceps tendon. So mild's a good word. Uh, mild is probably a clapper vision is, mild is scratching your skin. Moderate severe is your fingernails are sharp and you scratched your skin and now your skin is bleeding. Scratching your skin like a mosquito bite is, is, a, is a mild change in the tendon and what it looks like. So it's, it's scuffed, it's scratched. You don't need surgery for mild anything, let alone tenosynovitis. Tino means tendon. Synovium is the lubricating sleeve around the tendon and itis means it's inflamed. So this is something that will do well not with a cortisone shot, in my opinion. Other doctors like to do it. You know already I don't. This is something modifying your activities and going to physical therapy for is already what I'm thinking about for you, Lillian. Third sentence. Okay. Um, tendinopathy to the distal footprint of the <laughs> supraspinitis. Supra with no tail. Right. So this is the main source of your problem because the supraspinatus tendon is one of the four members of the rotator cuff. And remember, there's 17 different muscles that attach to the shoulder blade. To show off, I can name them all, but I'm not going to right now. The four critical ones are the ones that are like cables that let you lift your arm above your head. And the most important, the one on top, is the supraspinatus tendon. So here's a clap revision for you. That lovely coach in New England named Bill Belichick, it could be 20 below zero. He's never gonna wear a winter jacket. He always wears a hooded sweatshirt. So we can see, as they say in Yiddish, his punim, his frozen cheeks, they're bright red. I love it, because you see his face, but he's wearing a hooded sweatshirt covering his right ear, his left ear, and certainly the fabric on top of his head. Believe it or not, that's what the rotator cuff muscles look like as they surround the cartilage of the bone and socket joint. The face of the bone and socket joint of your humerus bone in your shoulder joint, that cartilage is, is Bill Belichick's face. The muscles that surround the face that allow it to move, especially on top, and that in Latin on top is the word supra, that's the main guy that lets you lift your arm above your head. And for want of a better mm -hmm. term, Lillian, you have some fraying of the fabric on top of your hooded sweatshirt. Not by where the ear is or on either side, but on top. And that means mm. there's a bone spur coming off the bottom of your acromion bone, rubbing on it. And that we call impingement. No cortisone shots. You can live with a bone spur. Think of the fraying like a blister in your hand. Blisters hurt, but if you keep rubbing a blister, guess what happens? You get a callus. 
So between mild biceps tendonitis that you have and these, these teno, uh, tendinosis of your supraspinatus tendon that you have and the early arthritis that they're describing, you're a perfect candidate, Lillian, to try to avoid surgery by going to physical therapy. If you go to physical therapy three, four weeks and you're still having pain, can't sleep at night, putting your bra on hurts, putting a seatbelt on, putting a jacket on, then this is something I do hundreds of, thousands over 32 years, arthroscopically, so elegant to be able to look through a tiny puncture wound into your shoulder with special sculpturing, sculptural tools that I have to file down the bone spur so that no longer it's pressing on the tendon itself. But not pills, okay. not shots, be holistic. You'll change your exercises. You'll learn the right ones from a physical therapist. God forbid that fails, then you get to talk to me, a surgeon. But I'm optimistic that you won't need surgery when you go to physical therapy. Does that help? That helps greatly, thank you. Where do you live, by the way, Lillian? I live in Pacoima, California, Northeast San Fernando Valley. There's a terrific physical therapy group in that region called Three Letters, J-M-P. Love them. My favorite physical therapist is in Pasadena, and it's called, coincidentally, Warrior Physical Therapy. Those are two good suggestions for you for physical therapy that you should seek out. Because if you're going to go, I need you to go to someone good, not just anybody. So those are two suggestions okay. I would make. You have your doctor send you there. God forbid you're not better in a month, then you and I may have to have a date. Sounds good, Lillian? Sounds fantastic. Thank you. And I know that your mom, Lillian, would be super duper proud of you. I'm going to share with my students that Dr. Clapper gave me his Clapper vision on the radio today. <laughs> and you can listen to this interview on the podcast. ESPN makes a podcast. Steve Paulette puts it up. So have them take a listen. And if one of those students says, I want to be a doctor one day, then you'll make my mother in heaven very happy because that's all she said was, Robbie, do me a favor. First, you should be a doctor. Then you can do whatever you want with your life. So here I am, awesome. a carpenter in the body. God bless you, Lillian. And thanks for all that you, you do too. for all of us. Being a teacher, it doesn't get any better than that with something to do with your life. I'm proud of you. And thanks so much for listening to the show. Warriors, we'll take a break. We'll pay some bills. The lines are all lit up. I think I'll keep the clinic open. We'll do some clap revision. The number is 877-710-ESPN. You're listening to the one and only Weekend Warriors show here on 710 ESPN. Wait a minute. Something's going wrong. Someone's on the phone. Three o'clock in the morning. Miss an interview or Doc's weekly story? Check it out on the Weekend Warrior Facebook page. Also, Doc's advice to callers on their aches and pains. Just type Weekend Warrior in the Facebook search bar, and you'll see Doc's picture in the listings. And thanks for checking out the Weekend Warrior Facebook page. What do you want when you gotta eat something? And it's gotta be sweet, and it's gotta be a lot, and you gotta have it now. What do you want? Lip smack and whip, back and patty whack and ink and nap and silver rack and shallow rack and cracker jack and boo. Big clap. Candy coated popcorn, peanuts and a prize. That's what you get in. Big clap.
You're listening to the Weekend Warrior Show, presented by Cedar Sinai. What's going on, LA? This is Kobe Bryant. With tinted windows. Can you imagine? Start your weekend off right, listening to the Weekend Warrior Show with Dr. Clapper. While I'm in Italy. Every Saturday morning from 7 to 9 a.m. on ESPN, 710, home of your Los Angeles Lakers. Ah! I feel good. Welcome back to the Warriors. Good because I'm talking about Kai Lenny and surfing. And I'm talking about surgery yesterday in the operating room. Ten big surgeries this week. And I'm talking about Mark Rothko and Duka Hanamoku. I'm just like James Brown. I feel good when I get to talk about art, sports, and surgery. What a pleasure to be with you each and every Saturday, and thanks for telling your friends all about it. That's why the show is so successful. Thanks to you guys. All right, the lines are all lit up. Let's go to Daniel in Anaheim. You're on with Dr. Clapper. How can I help? Yeah, hello. Daniel, how are you? Hello. Yeah, hello. Hi, hi, Dr. Clapper. Hi, Daniel. What's up? Um, you know, ju- just wanted to, you know, I'm, I'm trying to stay calm. But uh, just wanted to call you to, you know, just thank you. Thank you for, for uh, you know, your time and effort. And, uh, you know, wanted to share one of uh, one of my favorite stories that, that you have told. Okay. Thank you. Uh, yeah. So that is, uh, you know, what inspired you to, to write a book? And I think that was uh, Heal Your Knees. And uh, mm-hmm. I think... Uh, uh, you know, you 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 uh, took your daughter over to uh, Barnes and Noble, and <laughs> yeah. uh, you were holding her hand, yeah. and uh, you know how amazed she was at you know seeing all the books, and uh, and that was what inspired you to to write a book. <laughs> so that was one of my favorite stories, and, and it's beautiful, you know. Thank you, Daniel. I saw a patient this week, a weekend warrior. And again, I'll always ask you when I meet you, so what's your favorite story? And every single time I ask someone, they tell me a different story. And after 10 years, you can imagine how many stories I've told. And this one guy, he works for the water department. He said, I love when you talked about being with your father in the Lower East Side and how walking down the street, your dad looked and pointed out, Robbie, these bricks were laid by Italians, Italian immigrants, because you can see with just a chalk line how they perfectly lined up these bricks, but how they alternated each and every brick. Then came the other immigrants, the Irish, the Polish. They didn't do it the way the Italians did. Not that they did it bad, but they laid the bricks differently. My father could look at a brick building and tell you which immigrants built those buildings. I remember going with my dad for a walk in Manhattan once, and he told me, Robbie, one of my favorite things is looking at a construction site where he's going through the bedrock of Manhattan to build these skyscrapers. And one day I was with him and we were in Manhattan. Maybe he was visiting me in college. I don't remember. And he said to me, Robbie, look at all the the tumult, all the activity, all these men driving trucks, cranes, and all the rest of it. And then he says, 
You see over there, because it was like lunchtime, see those 12 men sitting around a table? They're not interacting with the other construction workers. You know who those guys are? And I said, who? Those are Mohawk Indians from upstate New York. Those are the high iron workers because they are fearless when it comes to heights. Mm. So when this building goes above 50 stories, they're the men up there working on it because they have a gift, a gift from God that they can walk on a tight I-beam and not fear falling, not fear heights. And I'll never forget this, like looking at these guys going, he says, yep, they don't wanna have anything to do with the other construction where they stay to themselves. And you can actually go on KCET or YouTube and learn about the high iron workers that they are Native Americans. Many of them still live in Canada and they come down to New York to do these big construction sites. So you talk about favorite stories. I love that story. That's the reason you're right, Daniel, that I decided to write books with Linda Yui. Thanks so much for sharing the memory with me. I really appreciate it. All right, let's take awesome. a call with someone who's in pain. Who do we got, Steve Paulette? Who are we going to take? Let's go to Jerry in Long Beach. You're on with Dr. Clapper. How can I help? How you doing, Dr. Clapper? Uh, great to speak to you, man. I'm a long-time listener, first-time caller. Hopefully, I won't have to call no more because I'll be less pain. But uh, my main concern is my left knee. I had an, I had an injury uh, back in August. And it, it Jerry, how old are you, and what do you do for a living? I'm 42, and I'm an insurance agent. Nice. What recreationally do you do? You play basketball, tennis, you, you run. What do you do? I play golf. Ah. So let me tell you already, Jerry, who has the most beautiful swings in golf? Fred Couples, Ernie Els, the Big Easy, and Davis Love, right? You can take a million golf lessons. You're never going to have a swing as beautiful as Fred Couples, Ernie Els, or Davis Love. And yet, each of those three guys missed time from the PGA Tour because of back problems. It's the greatest game playing golf, but I make a living from that game because of what it does to your knee and to your lower back. So what did you hurt? I hurt my, my knee. I actually fell um, on the course uh, one time, and, then, and my knee got all swollen up really bad um and i guess i get i have fluid according to the to the um orthopedic surgeon uh, there's fluid did you in my have knee an mri was, yeah i had an mri he said uh, that i just have arthritis and i've no, always known i've had arthritis on there and of, of course i have a torn meniscus on on both knees but right. uh, my main concern is not so much pain it's just the fact that the, the my knee is still swollen with the fluid and he wanted to give me a cortisone shot, and I said no because I keep hearing your your show, and you said no injections. So my oh, biggest God. question is like, how can I get rid of the fluid? I mean, he was he was very you know adamant and just suggesting the cortisone, 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 and I'm like, no, I'm not gonna do it. So I don't so know I'm going to, do now. to uh, I'm gonna help you right now. Um, the response by our bodies of swelling and inflammation is because of the stress of losing the brake pad, losing the shock absorber, because you're 42 and the DNA from your grandpa is inside you. You're getting older. You're not having this when you're 22. 
you're having this at 42 and i'm 63 wait till this world awaits you you know the romans only <laughs> lived to be 35 years old they didn't get these problems because they dropped dead at 35. it's different for us <laughs> and you know i like to call it alta cockaritis we get older but you're a smart man jerry so i'm going to explain this to you if you were describing swelling and arthritis in your ankle between you and me you're screwed because there's no amount of exercise that can strengthen your ankle its ligaments its tendons there are other things i would suggest but you're pretty much screwed when you have this in your ankle however you have picked on your knee which in my opinion is the best joint to have this problem of early arthritis why because sitting above your knee in front is your quadriceps muscle. Sitting in above in the back are your hamstring muscles. These guys you can make stronger with exercise, the right kind of exercise. And sitting below your knee is another shock absorber or muscle, the calf muscle. So if you adopt a program, Jerry, where you can, and I'm gonna still let you play golf as your abuse. You're entitled at 42, you should be playing golf but you have to commit to doing nurturing exercises during the week to make your quad, your hamstring, your calf muscle, you make them stronger. You improve the tone of the shock absorber above and below. Then guess what, Jerry? Less stress goes into the cartilage, the meniscus that's not so great, the articular cartilage, the ligaments. You put less stress on them, they're less inflamed. Guess what's gonna happen? the swelling's going to go away. And most importantly, Jerry, it's not going to come back again. It's not going to happen in a week or two. It's a commitment, two, three months. So I want you to go online and buy yourself a birthday present, a Schwinn, S-C-H-W-I-N-N, -N, a Schwinn spinning bike. That way your butt won't hurt sitting on the bike the whole time. You can stand up. That's the beauty of the spinning bike. Half an hour, three days a week. Don't do an hour you're gonna ride that bike and i promise you jerry not in a week or two two months down the line you're gonna feel so much better your golf will improve and the swelling will go away and not come back again please do that that's your holistic way there's a book i wrote with linda yui called heal your knees treat yourself get a copy of that book as well and you're right don't let anybody talk you into a quick fix of a shot or a pill wearing a sleeve yes Bauerfind is a company that I really like, B-A-U-E-R-F-E-I-N-D. Uh, you can look them up as well. Wear that sleeve when you play golf. That's how I would treat your knee at this time. God forbid it doesn't help, then you're gonna have to come see me for me to talk to you about surgery. But I'm optimistic for you, Jerry, that you won't need it, certainly not in the near future. How's that? Great, great, I appreciate you, Dr. Clapper. Thank you very you're much. You're very welcome, Jerry. I want you to do me a favor. You're a total stranger to me. I just met you on Weekend Warrior. I need you today to find a total stranger. Do something nice for them. That's how you'll be thanking me, okay? Thank you, thank you. And I love the music. I'm a jazz buff. I, I'm actually a jazz musician, and I love the fact that you have jazz all the time <laughs> on the show, man. There's no, greater, yeah. there's no greater music than Miles Davis playing So What, right, Jerry? Exactly. <laughs> God bless you, and God bless Steve Paulette for doing it. All right, Weekend Warriors, we'll take a break. Coming up next, I'm going to tell some stories. Stories about the power of bigness, big wave riding, big canvases in art, and big surgeries, like taking care of Wilt Chamberlain, who this year, 
I mean, this week, celebrated in 1962, he scored 100 points in a single game. What a gift and a pleasure has been my career to be able to take care of the Big Dipper. You're listening to the one and only Weekend Warriors show here on 710 ESPN. Holy emoji, clap man. Weekend Warriors on Facebook. Holy slip disc. That's right, Robin. Hear listeners talk about their aches and pains. Holy hamstrings. Along with Doc's clapper vision. Breathe deeply. And advice to callers. On your toes, Robin. So like, follow, and enjoy. A wise decision. The Weekend Warrior Facebook page. Frankly, I can think of nothing more stimulating. <laughs> 